Welcome to the unlucky 13th episode of Radio Trivia Podcast Edition. Yes, we know we canceled last week, but sometimes it just doesn't work out. So we have uh, five games here for you. Uh, if you're new, we play three songs from each game. It's your job to figure out what that game is based on the songs. We'll ask, also ask you a question. Uh, it's usually like a hint without totally giving away the game, but it's also a hint. Um, and then we'll reveal the answer after we reveal the game. And so, hopefully, and hopefully, listening to this won't give you bad luck. Come on! If anything, says countering your bad luck. So, even though it's the thirteenth episode, this is going to not turn out well. It's going to be an unlucky trivia episode. Let's go on. First game, guys. All right. Slightly sinister music. I thought it was depressing. You know, like, hopeless. I think it's the intent of the song in context, isn't it? Yeah. But we're not going to give away that context. Not yet. No. <laughs> Maybe later.
really peaceful music. Smooth. I remember that song pretty well, actually. I think most people do. Well, we got a question. What was the name of the female antagonist that hunted this game's heroes? Music was a dead giveaway. Dead, you say? Significance on the dead, as this is a dead franchise. Well, I don't think you can call it a franchise if there was only really one iteration of it. Well, two if you count the re- the quote-unquote remake. No, you don't. It's a port. So, what's the game? Skies of Arcadia Legends. Yeah, and I'll be honest, we used the original Dreamcast soundtrack. We, we couldn't track down. But those songs sound pretty close to the GameCube version. The GameCube has different hardware, so sometimes the MIDI sounds a bit different. Um, and there is a few compression issues with the GameCube uh, soundtrack. Oh, that's your theory as to why it sounds different. Well, the I uh, my suspicions were confirmed because the Dreamcast game was on two discs and the GameCube game was on one disc. Potentially, I mean... Wait, was the GameCube version really on one disc? I don't remember that. Yes. Yes, it was on one disc. Well, there's redundancy involved in... I mean, a a GameCube disc can hold an extra 500 megabytes. So it may not have really been necessary, but yeah, they may have to squeeze a little bit. But you you look at two um, Dreamcast discs, and it's like two gigabytes. Right, but there's going to be redundancy involved in in any multi-disc game. Because there's a core functionality that needs to be there, and core overworld, things like that. There's redundancy amongst the discs. So... You may be correct. I suspect it's largely hardware. I mean, the, those are lo- mostly MIDI songs, so there would not be that much compression involved in samples. I mean, I think it's just a different hardware. But anyway, about the game itself. Um, it was about a 
about air pirates in this floating war. Har har har! Let's just talk like a pirate day recently. And the char- the main character Vice was pretty much your um, looked like your stereoty- stereotypical pirate. Well, anime pirate. <laughs> An- yeah, anime pirate. So it it was fun. I I honestly don't remember much of the plot. It, it's weird what little bits and pieces I remember. It was a very gripping storyline. Must not have stuck in my mind. The um. Empire of Valua was trying to re- recover these things called moonstones or some something like that to revive the ancient Gygas, which were left behind by the old um, civilization. Uh-huh. All right, I remember that. Okay. And this um, Sylvite girl, Vino, was sent down from the, the now defunct silver silver civilization that destroyed the old uh, the other old civilizations to um, prevent this from happening. Well, it's weird what little bit... I mean, I remember uh, this was, I played this my freshman year of college. My roommate would always uh, laugh about the... Uh, there's a particular song that's like Frenchy music, as, as he would put it. Uh, the Sailor Island. <laughs> and other little things, like I like the word moonfish. So I would always say moonfish. Because I, I like the word. I think that was added. The moonfish stuff was added for, for the GameCube version, I believe, right? There was I think there so. extra skyfish, uh, sorry, moonfish and, and related like pirate battles and stuff that, that were added for the for the uh, GameCube version. These these moonfish were invisible fish that you that only Vice could see using special gear. Right. Right, it's used like your special telescope or whatever. The the special eye patch telescope right. that he had. How convenient. Um but the thing I like most about this game were the ship battles. Um, you could battle your opponents. There are other space. There are other like pirates, or I think also the the giant gigas or whatever they were called. Um, yeah. You fought in there, and you, you had your ship, and you could upgrade them, your cannons, and other offensive and defensive capabilities, and, and you had to, like guess what the other player was going to do to some extent. It was kind of neat. It, the ship battles themselves were also very strategic in nature. Well, the, the battle system in general required you to really understand the color alignments and, and things like that, if I, if I remember correctly. The ship battle system was very different as you had to figure out what your your opponent was going to do next, and you had to... Um, you had to plan ahead. You really did, if I remember correctly. You had to, it, it, was, it's like a, it was like a game of chess. I, I wouldn't liken like it to that. I don't think it was that complex. But, you uh, had to think several moves ahead. Yeah. But uh, the pacing was kind of s- slow at times. I think that's the biggest complaint people have with with the battle system, both both for the ships and the and the ground. And they sped it up some for the GameCube version. I, I had a Dreamcast, but I, I, didn't, I missed the game on Dreamcast, so I played on GameCube. Shame on you. Shame on me. I didn't even hear about it until it came out on GameCube. Sega didn't really do a good job of producing word of mouth for their games in the Dreamcast. That good old infamous Sega marketing. Yeah, well, they gave it a good push and then they just didn't have the money or whatever to to keep it up for the Dreamcast. Typical Sega. Anyway, one, one of the uh, folks that's chasing you down, I think you have ship battles with her as well. Is No, the, uh, you have uh, boss battles. I thought you like fight the ship and then, then you board them. Or am I thinking no, of... she, she boards your ship. Oh, okay. So, who, who's this lady who tracks you down? It is, uh, this character is actually related to one of your cruise characters, Maria, who has the, um, bird that eats the moonfish. And her name is Piastol. 
Aren't there also like doppelgangers in that game that, that try? That to was that was like a mid mid game boss battle. Oh, okay. And it was it was actually optional. Okay, because I remember playing that. It was one of the bounty um, boss fights. Oh, okay. Anyway, Skies of Arcadia, if you find it in the, the bargain bin, pick it up. It's, it's fun. It's kind of dated, in my opinion, but it's, it's still fun. It's a very rare game, though. The Legends or, or the original? Legends and the original. Really? I got mine lying around, and I don't play it. <laughs> but uh, I don't like I, I can't. I, I was looking for it the other day, and I couldn't find it in at any GameStop in my area. Huh. Well, I don't think either of them sold very well. That's why you don't see any sequels. Uh, that's why you see tons of Sonic games, by the way. Keep dreaming, Sega fans. Yeah. Keep dreaming. Well, if they're getting their nights finally, although anything's possible, I guess. Although, yeah, I, I don't know much about nights, but it sounds like it may be a fairly different game, just with the Knights franchise to get money. Anyway, let's move on to the second game. Yeah. music. I've never heard that before. Really? Well, I hope you've played this game. Anyway, on to song two.
this 8-bit music. Again, with the unknown music. Unknown? Shame on you. What traditional Nintendo characters are playable in this game? Long-time listeners know I like that song. I curse myself for not having the money to buy so many Game Boy games back in the day. Well, you know, the game. I like the Game Boy Color, but uh, a lot of the games that were good were actually kind of like NES ports. There, there's some real gems for just Game Boy Color. This is one of them. I, I really like this game. I think it's still fun today. Um, one, one of the one of the more major um, Game Boy Color. Um, ports that you mentioned was the um, Super Mario Brothers Deluxe. Yeah, it, that w- it's good, but... Um, that was an interesting effort on their part. It really expanded on the original game in many yeah, ways. Yeah, with the uh, Red Coin collection and stuff. Um, it was interesting. It's tough with the limited visibility of the Game Boy Color. Um, but anyway, th- this game is not Super Mario Brothers. It's uh, Mario Golf. Uh, for Game Boy Color, there's been a lot of Mario Golfs. This one was the Game Boy Color edition. Uh, the third song actually uh, can also be heard in the Game Boy Advance game because they're kind of sequels to each other in, in the storyline. Wait a minute, these wait a minute, these games had storylines. Oh, you're not familiar with the uh, portable uh, Camelot sports games, are you? No. Okay, so all of the portable like Mario Golf, Mario Tennis, are both Game Boy Color and Game Boy Advance. You play as like uh, one of these four just sort of generic characters, and it's your, you have to like go up in the ranks so that you can you can eventually play with the the uh, best of the best Mario and his crew. Um, so it's kind of it has RPG elements. You you upgrade statistics. You level up. Um, it's it's basically an RPG style that's, golf game. That's that's not a story. There there is story to it. You you have to meet characters and, and deal with them some form. It's not a fully developed story or anything, but it's more of a storyline than most sports games, I'll put it that way. And, and there's continuity because uh, one of the characters that you can play as in the Game Boy Color game is actually becomes one of the uh, pros in the Game Boy Advance game. And the other pros also uh, make an appearance, if I remember correctly, in the 
uh, in the Game Boy Advance game. So the Game Boy Advance version like takes place, I don't know, a couple of years after the Game Boy Color version, which I thought was kind of interesting that they did that. But the odd thing about this game is that even though this is a Mario game, there's very little Mario to it. It's, In fact, the Game Boy Advance game I call Golden Sun Golf, but um, you can only play as Mario, Luigi, and Wario as unlockable characters uh, in the Game Boy Color game, as well as your own custom characters. I, no, there, there are other... Pro, you can play as the pros, too, once you beat them, but the only Mario characters that are playable are Mario, Luigi, and Wario. So it's very loosely a Mario game. Um, Wario isn't a, one of the traditional Mario characters. I'm sorry, that's a point of contention, but I would call him... A, in, in the sense of a real Nintendo character versus, like, uh, one of these characters that only shows up in Camelot games, it's a traditional Nintendo character. I'm sorry, man. Wario is a traditional character at this point. I would call any character that's along the lines of the Nintendo staple, even Daisy, is a traditional Nintendo character. Daisy has basically died a painful death. Right. <laughs> as it stands right now. Is was she not in the most recent Mario Party? That's all she's been in. That's all there's been recently, so yeah. But sorry. But she's not in she's not been in any um canon Mario. Of course not. Platformers. Well, neither is Birdo. I mean, what the hell? What do you want? I, I think your your argument is kind of silly. Now, it'll be interesting to see if she shows up in Brawl. She might. She might, but I don't think um, Sakurai's going for the whole character clone. Oh, come on. If they did both, like, Fox and Falco, you're gonna, you could do Princess and I don't think Peach and going, then... I don't think he's going for that this time. We'll see. We'll see. Anyway, that was Mario Golf for Game Boy Color. The third game uh, was picked by a reader. Uh, I believe it was Entroper. Yep. And we have some awesome music from the game he selected. atmospheric for for 8-bit. I agree.
Well, we have a trivia question. Correct. This question was also provided by our listener. What and do you... Troper. Yes, and Troper. <laughs> <laughs> what do you need to collect, besides the game's money, to obtain a shield that protects you from fire? game, which you probably haven't heard of, is the Battle of Olympus for the NES. I'm surprised Entroper even heard of it. Apparently he played it. He was reminded of, of this game when we were discussing, uh, what was it? Uh, Nosferatu, what was it? I'm, I'm blanking out here. Um, me too. <laughs> A testament. Yeah. He was reminded of that when we were talking about games that are kind of like Zelda 2 but aren't really. Uh, so this is another one that's kind of along those lines of, of kind of a side-scrolling oh. uh, adventure action game. It was Faxanadu. Faxanadu. I, I was close. <laughs> um, so, yeah, my mind is terrible. And, and uh, I'm tired. Yeah, so please forgive us. And so this one was pub- uh, developed by Infinity and, and I guess published by Broderbund in the U.S., and it's actually inspired by the uh, ancient myth of, of uh, Orpheus. Uh, and Eurydice. I don't really know if he's actually a musician in this game and if that comes into play or not. But uh, you go through various areas of Greek mythology and, and do battle, I guess. I think this game was made before Broderbund went all cuckoo for um, educational games. I don't think so. This was in... Like 1993 or something. It was a late NES game, and there were uh, cuckoo for uh, educational games back in the Apple IIc, if I remember correctly. So you're right. This isn't like a characteristic game you think of when you think of that publisher, though. I mean, they're barely existing now yeah. as it stands. Right. I think they're just barely uh, etching out a niche market for themselves. I don't know, are they owned by another company? I mean, I don't really know. No, I think they're their own company. Wow. Okay, so they just got a little niche. Unless Hasbro picked them up. But uh, anyway, uh, as part of your adventuring, uh, apparently you need to collect some stuff to to get a uh, shield protection from fire, and besides money, you need uh, salamander skins. The reason behind that is the salamander is occasionally... Um, Associated with the element of fire and uh, 
mythology. Da 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 da. This is this is uh, shown in games like Castlevania and um, various RPGs. Yeah. Like in Circle of the Moon, there was a salamander card that had the attribute of fire, and in uh, I forget which RPG it is, there were salamander enemies that that um, used fire-based attacks. Well, there we go. So apparently, it's consistent with uh, all sorts of tradition. So they did their homework. That's why Broderbun published it. It's educational. See. <laughs> yeah, so a uh, good pick. Um, something kind of obscure with good music, and I, I like to see that. Isn't Infinity still around? I don't know. What have, what have they done? I, I haven't looked. I didn't look into that. The name sounds familiar. I don't know. Maybe uh, someone in the forums can can uh, give us an idea of what Infinity has done. Yeah. Please do. And with that, we're off to game four. So we have a question. How can you drastically change the form and statistics of playable characters? Hmm. Interesting question, don't you think? Eh.
So the third song definitely sounded like Capcom music. <laughs> yeah, Capcom, basically, they have the same sound whatever game they make. Yeah, well, this wasn't developed by Capcom, though, was it? Uh, yeah, it was. I thought it was just published by them. No. Okay. So, anyway, this game is Breath of Fire 2 for the Super Nintendo. And the GBA. Well, this is from the Super Nintendo, but yes, there was a port on the Game Boy Advance. Um, I don't really know much about this game. I played a little bit, and the, um, I had to quit because the um, encounter rate was so excruciatingly high. Oh, really? So, well, it's yeah, on Virtual it's, Console too, right? <laughs> it It was like... Every four seconds, you'd get into a battle. I don't have a good patience for that kind of random battle scheme in general. I, I made an exception for Dragon Quest VIII, but sometimes it got on my nerves. It, I don't know. It just seems so dated and... I don't know. Archaic? Well, yeah. Yeah. It's like it was done because at the time they didn't have any other option, and then it became nostalgic to do so. Nostalgic, my foot. It's just an irritation. Yeah, it really is. And that's one of the reasons why Chrono Trigger is so great, because it was kind of a big title that tried to veer away from that. It bucked the trend. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, the question was, how do you change your form and statistics drastically? And you do that by, like, fusing with shamans you, you meet and combine them with the character of your choice. And The main character, actually, um, I think he fused with a dragon. Either that or he had a dragon in him that awoke. He gained, like, dragon powers. Such as, like, what, fire breath? Fire attacks, um, insane strength, and all that goodness. Okay, so so how visibly, like, transformed are they when they fuse, or did you not play far enough to, to get a I didn't for play that? far enough to get into that. Oh, okay. There was, a, there was a point where I just started hacking away with um, cheat device codes just to get away from the random encounters. Oh, well, I, I don't respect you for that, but okay. I didn't do much else, trust me. So if if you want to defend Breath of Fire 2, it sounds like we're kind of ragging on it here, but uh, if you want to defend it, and you didn't defend it during the virtual console discussion, uh, defend it now. <laughs> I don't think there will, will be much defending, considering the um, reputation this game has. So why did we pick this game again? It had good music. Oh, 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 yeah, oh, yeah, okay, all right, all right, game five.
You do realize I'm going to have to cut off my ears now that I've heard that. Oh, it wasn't that bad. Come on, it was fun. Happy-go-lucky. It is horrible, syrupy, sweet music. I like it. Horribly generic. I like it. I'm sure you do. Let's move on.
<laughs> I'm sure you loved that song, too. You only give me more and more incentive to avoid this game like the plague. <laughs> oh, don't say that. Emphasis on more. This, this comes from the guy who likes Arrow the Acrobat. I mean, come on. That was a good uh-huh, game. Uh-huh. So This is not. I disagree, but we'll talk more about it after I ask and give away the game. Uh, the question is, what is the name of the supposedly intelligent professor who helps you remotely throughout the game? Tell me they don't like that song either. Now that sounds more like the traditional franchise music. 
Yeah, so the first two songs are actually played during the adventure mode of a single-player game, which uh, is actually kind of interesting. Um, it's more like dungeon crawling, I guess, Through and, and there are puzzles you got to solve. And uh, they have, at least in this game, I, I don't know if they introduce them in other iterations of the, of the franchise, but... Um, it's an abomination. Oh, come on. Do we reveal the name of the game? No. It is uh, Bomberman Generation. Um, and so in, in the adventure mode, you go around, you have to collect uh, these cherub bombs who, I guess, modify your bomb. So it's not just a generic bomb anymore. It you know has properties, whatever. It's ice or, or whatever. And, uh, and there are different worlds you go through, and so they have different songs for different worlds. Um, you also have a... Uh, <laughs> Professor is actually kind of infamous online. I'm not sure if I help propagate this, but uh, he he gives you hints, but half the time they're absolutely useless. And and he's has a kind of crazy but kind of pathetic voice too. Um, and so uh, one of the famous hints that that uh, Ty has propagated as well is uh, there's one where you have to climb to the top of of the level. That's that's the mission. Just get to the top. And so your instructions at the beginning are get to the top by climbing the cliff. And yes, that's how he says it. I'm not making up that voice. Um, and, well, it's just wrong in so many levels because, one, it's kind of obvious from the level design you're supposed to go up. Two, uh, you could have just either told me to go up or climb the cliff. He doesn't need to tell me to go up by climbing the cliff. And thirdly, you aren't really climbing. It's more like uh, hiking up the hill. Um, so, <laughs> As I said, this game is an abomination. <laughs> Fun fact, what I... The, uh, the professor in Pac-Man World 2 sounds very similar. <laughs> Probably the same guy. Probably. <laughs> so, uh, Professor Ein uh, is the, well, supposedly intelligent, but I don't think he is. Professor, uh, who helps you out in this game. A little fun fact here. Um, Ein is um, German for one. So, Professor One. Yes. Of course, I'm sure they use Ein because of Einstein, or Einstein, whatever. Yes. Um, so, but, yeah, he, he's maybe eccentric like Professor Einstein, but I don't think he's intelligent. I, <laughs> I think it's quite the opposite. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are other songs that are that are good from the game. I, I avoided using them because I've used them in the past. Bomberman Generation, I have good memories, fond memories of. Not so much, I enjoy the single player at the time. But, uh, you know, Bomberman multiplayer is always good. And that was the first one out in the GameCube, so good times. There are a lot of alternative modes. I, I like uh, Dodge Battle, uh, where bombs are just dropping down from the sky, and it's your job to just avoid them. And it's kind of last man standing there. And you can, of course, kick bombs that fall and punch bombs, so it's good fun. Bomberman 64 was a lot better than this. How do you know? Did you play Generation? No, but I've seen it. Well, I didn't play the 64, I played Generation, that's what I know. Oh, go go play 64, it's so much better. How do you know if we haven't played the multiplayer in Generation? I, I'm, I don't know how you can make that assessment, I'm sorry. I'm being a blind fanboy. Yeah, well, bad, bad, don't do that. If you if you can't comment on, you can comment on the music, because we've heard some music from this game, but uh, if you haven't played the multiplayer in Bomberman Generation, I, I don't... I suspect they're very similar, but... They're almost... I would suspect they're almost exactly the same. Yeah, except you probably have a better analog stick to use on the GameCube now, don't you? Or do you use the digital controls on the 64? Actually, you use the um, analog yeah, stick. Yeah, so 
that's no good on the N64 for a bomber game, <laughs> in my opinion. But I haven't played the 64 game, so maybe I'm wrong. Go play it. All right, don't want to be a hypocrite. So that was the fifth game. Apparently, uh, you don't approve of that game. But... No, I don't. Well, shame on you, because I've had good fun with that game. That's the, that's the Bomberman game I know. Uh, as opposed <laughs> to Super Bomberman or whatever, that's the Bomberman game I know. Um, I, I suppose you're going to tell me that the uh, Xbox, or what was the Xbox 360 version, that, that's supposed to look like, like just like Halo guys? No, that's really awesome. Did you play that game? Yes, I, I actually bought it off of Xbox Live Arcade. And you like that game? It was not developed by the Bomberman team, though. Well, aren't you in, like, first-person mode? How, how does how does that work? It's basically... It's called Bomberman Live, and it's um, bit, your basic Bomberman game. But... But... Generic, futuristic world, artistic style. No. No, it's... It's Bomberman. Poor Bomberman. Why do I get the... I seem to remember some really bad reviews for this. Okay. For Bomberman Live? Yeah. Talk to anybody who owns an Xbox 360 and has it. Was there, an, was there another Bomberman that was kind of mature, quote-unquote? Bomber, that was Bomberman Act Zero. That, oh that's what I'm God. thinking. That's what I was trying to talk about. I don't know anything about Live, but Bomberman Act Zero is what I was thinking of. That was like a first-person mode and, and all that stuff. That's what I'm talking about. That was horrible. Yeah, that, that's what I am referring to right now. They, they killed the franchise with that game. Well, yeah, I think they wanted to get away from the ultra cutesy Bomberman that that created music that you were cringing about uh, a little while ago. But that's what and they came up with work. instead. And, and yeah, yeah, ouch, ouch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that game got greenlighted for release. Well, they said, I think they look at Bomberman One, and of course, all box art in the uh, NES era, early NES era, looked like crap. Uh, so. So they said, oh, that's what it's supposed to look like. Let's go back to our quote-unquote roots and uh, do that. And uh, it was all downhill from there. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was actually uh, developed by an American team. Based off of the uh, box art from the American <laughs> version of Bomberman yeah. from the NES. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's no good. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed our lineup. Um, if... if you agree with me on Bomberman Generation or, or think it's crap and, and side with uh, Brad, let, let us know. Um, if, if you thought the music, the first two songs were crap, let me know because I kind of think it's fun in, in a cutesy way. So If you don't like the music we play, pick, pick your own. That's right. We might just play it. That's right. You get game three, and I don't think we have any more outstanding requests, so I, I really hope you guys will send some stuff in. Do send in. We're, we need ideas. Yeah. We've used every game out there, so or at least that we're aware of. So at this point, we're, we're kind of desperate, man. We're reusing <laughs> the same stuff over and over again. We're just waiting until you've forgotten. We're trying to use different songs, but it doesn't always work out that way. So, I mean, yeah. You don't make us use Mario Golf for the Game Boy Color again. I'll put it that way. Please don't. So, anyway, thanks for listening. Good night.
Skies of Arcadia Legends is copyright 2000-2003 Overworks Sega. Mario Golf is copyright 1999 Nintendo Camelot. The Battle of Olympus is copyright 1988 Imagineer. Breath of Fire 2 is copyright 1993-1995 Capcom. Barman Generation is copyright 2002 Hudson.